Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, we thank you for your presence, your spirit, your love that flows through us, exists in us, gives us a new image. Thank you for giving us something to look forward to, something to live in, and something to pass on. Be with us today, Lord, as we share in the scripture and in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. I want you to sing along with me today. We're kind of sitting around tables and so forth, and you have the opportunity to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to say some things to each other today as we work our way through this scripture. I need somebody to be Miss Susan's friend. <laughs> somebody be Miss Susan's friend. <laughs> or Valerie's friend. Oh, Valerie and Susan can be friends. <laughs> the first thing I want you to share with each other is this reality. I want you to say it and you mean it. You look like Jesus to me. Now, there's two ways you can take that statement. You either look like you've been dead for three days and just got up. Or you look like a very special human being in another person's eyes. Please take it as the second. Okay? I want you to say it one more time. I want you to cut through the joke that I had just made for the sincerity. Please look at the person near you and say, you look like Jesus to me. There's a special blessing that exists in our lives because of our faith. I am blessed in the reality that Jesus Christ loved me so much that Christ existed within humanity. And I don't just serve a deity that barks rules and laws, but I serve a redeemer who walked and talked, cried, worried. You know that Christ questioned him as he's sharing the prayer, asking God to take this cup away from him. It's sort of God that questioned. It is such a great blessing within my life to be able to be the image of one who loved me so much that he came and he walked and existed with me to understand what it mean, means to be us. In my lifetime as a youth director, we used to go on these mission trips to Native American reservations, and we would go and we would build ramps and do roofing repairs and paint homes and such. And just so many, many years of wonderful memories of going out to the, literally the middle of nowhere to do housing work. Now, one of the things that I enjoy the most about this is the reality that when I was there serving during that week, no one knew who Drew Davis was. When I was there painting, nobody knew the silly little idiosyncrasies that exist in my life. When I was there painting, they didn't know about my son and daughter or my wife. When I was there painting, they didn't know 
which sports team that I love, go Padres, or which four teams that I dislike, I really love Lisnir. And they didn't know so many things about me. During that week of service, the only thing individuals could see was there was this Christian here this week helping with a Christian group taking care of a major need in our lives. And when I say major, and yes, believe it or not, your pastor did roofing. I'm roofs that would have condemned homes roofing. And going to places that people could have not just shelter, but complete safe shelter. Going there, and for one week in my life, not knowing who Drew Davis was before, not knowing who Drew Davis was during, I don't even know who Drew Davis was after, but knowing that there was this person, a part of this Christian group, that wanted to make sure that needs were met. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing to be able to walk and exist within the image of Jesus Christ, because when we walk and exist within the image of Jesus Christ, all of the things that we think that separate us from grace really don't matter. The idiosyncrasies of what I like or dislike, the mistakes that I made the week before I went on a mission trip, they don't matter. Because we exist within a moment that the only thing that is seen is the reflection of perfection. I want you to look at your neighbor for a moment, and I want you to say this phrase to them, you are the reflection of perfection. Is the reflection always perfect? Now, sometimes there's smudges on the mirrors or there's cracks somewhere, but we still have the opportunity to reflect the perfection. A pastor would share with you at this time the story of Moses coming down the mountain and shining brightly the reflection of Jesus Christ's glory and light, God's glory and light. After standing directly in the presence of God, standing in the glory and reflecting a light so brightly that everyone had to shade their eyes from seeing his perfection. A good pastor would do that. But no, I'm going to talk to you about a professional wrestler for a moment. <laughs> There was a professional wrestler named Wayne Coleman who wrestled in the late 60s, early 70s. And he was a person of faith. He used to go on these Christian crusades and he was 300 and some pounds, no fat at all, just ripped muscle. And he would talk about this story about God being so strong that he could take care of anything and then he would rip phone books in half and build bend metal bars and stuff like that. Imagine a ripped guy like an Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody like that telling you how strong God is and then bends a metal bar. That's a pretty strong visual image. 
He became Dwayne Coleman after the Crusades became a professional wrestler, and he wanted so much to be an image of his faith that he changed his name to reflect it. And when he became a professional wrestler, he took on the name of one of the more better known evangelists of the time, and he combined it with the name of a pretty popular musical at the time. In that time period, Andrew Lloyd Webber had a touring representation of Jesus Christ Superstar and a new way and a new voice of sharing the message of Christ's gospel through words and music. And of course, the better known evangelist that we all know that touched my life so many times watching his crusades on television was Billy Graham. So the former WWF world champion superstar Billy Graham wanted to find a way to reflect the image of Jesus Christ. Now he even did this in his promos. In one of his interviews, he would always say that how he was the reflection of perfection, the natural selection. And I still think of the cocky voice saying that but removing the cockiness of that voice, I think of a blessing that we all have. We all get to be the reflection of perfection. Even if our mirrors are cracked and even if our mirrors are smudged and dirty, we still get to be the reflection of perfection. Now, in this scripture today that Mike read, there comes this moment within our human nature that we put the stains on the mirror ourselves. We crack the mirror ourselves. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you are beautiful no matter what. The Apostle Paul is dealing with this conversation right now with everybody grabbing for everything from the law to former practices to everything that exists outside of Jesus Christ to say why that they're wrong, why that they're messed up, why that they're not worthy to be in this church. The Apostle Paul dealt with this. And individuals grabbing things of why that they're right and other people are wrong and why that they're unworthy and they just can't keep up with Jesus Christ. This is the Apostle Paul dealing with these things. And we, in different times, take smears and smudges and put them all over our mirrors because of our own worries, our own concerns, and we paint an image that we are less than but God came to make us equal. I want you to remember that you are beautiful. You are the reflection of perfection. You look like Jesus Christ. Do someone else. And he put up those pictures from last night. I want you to see people looking like other people. We had the there's a rock for peaches there at the top. We had the 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 medieval 
uh, dragons, we had cowboys and pumpkins and the one picture up there and I glance up at it and I'm trying not to cry because I cry at everything. Is this room full of kids last night watching a movie? And I want you to know what that looked like to me. It looked like hope. I would like for you to turn to the person next to you and say, you look like hope to me. And he put the last slide up here in the scripture. I want you to remember something. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken away, nailing it to the cross. I want you to hold on to that. I want you to think about that. I'm going to say all these things for you to share for your partner again, and then things are going to get a little sad and then we'll make it happy again. I want you to turn to your partner and say, You look like Christ. I want you to turn to your partner and say, You are the reflection of perfection. I want you to turn to your partner and say, you are beautiful, no matter what. I want you to turn to your partner and say, you look like hope to me. And now I want you to say, even if you don't believe it. I've spent a week this week dealing with this scripture. My entire week has been dealing with this scripture. Not just reading it in my personal Bible study, but actually dealing with it in reality. I shared with you what the Apostle Paul was dealing with in this scripture. He was dealing with people who were so worried that they would mess up that they would lose something. He was dealing with people who were so entrenched in an ideology that they were worried that they were going to lose something. He was dealing with individuals that would fight and fight and fight for what they believed in and what they felt because they were worried they were going to lose something. I've spent this week frustrated with conversations of taking place at local school boards. I've spent this week frustrated with fighting with family members about who deserves to be loved by God. And by God, I'm done with it. The Apostle Paul is one of my favorites because he dealt with all this stuff. And he tried to nip it in the bud from the beginning. He pointed out in the beginning that Christ replaced the law. He tried to point it out in the beginning that it's the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that has taken away the legal indebtedness 
to live up to anything other than being the image of Jesus Christ. And by God, I'm just tired. I'm tired of people being told that they're not the image of Jesus Christ. I'm tired of people being told that they're not beautiful. I am tired of people being told that they are not the reflection of grace. And I'm tired of being told, hearing people being told that they don't have a place at the table. They don't look like hope. Tired. That has been my week this week. This entire week. Dealing with it personally with family and dealing with it with watching the news. Chair of SDRC sitting in the back. I'm going to go ahead and be honest. His name is Mike Castoro. He's a lovely man with the New Jersey accent that was reading scripture today. If I upset you with the next thing I say, that talk to him. <laughs> and then talk to me because I'm always open to talk. Don't remember Jesus Christ saying, tell people that they're worthless. Don't remember that. But it happens. don't remember Jesus Christ saying, I love you except. I don't remember that. I don't remember saying, unless everybody thinks the same way that you do and acts the way that you do, you can get into heaven. I don't remember that. But by God, Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross to take care of it all. And by God, I hope at least the people that walk out of 1501 Kelly Street live. By God, I want you to hold on to that reality because here's the deal. You know what people don't hear in San Diego County? There's only a handful of people that are hearing Drew Davis speak right now, but I watched the news on Thursday and I heard a lot of people misrepresenting my Savior. I'm tired of it. I can go out and live it. I can try my best to do the difference to be the difference that I want to see in the world. My Bible, my Bible that I carry with me, my favorite Bible has a Pete Seeger quote on the outside of it. Pete was awesome. He fought against sexism and genderism and racial inequality and classism. Pete was awesome. His banjo had the phrase, this machine. This banjo had it on. This machine surrounds me and forces it to surrender. 
Kid, I got to catch my breath, reach in the back pocket of my backpack and pull out my Bible and read what it has on the front so I can repose myself. This machine surrounds. Oh, it's in here. I turned that off. <laughs> this, <laughs> this machine surrounds me and forces it to surrender. This machine. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins. What's the word after us? Anybody? I, I didn't hear you. Can you say it again? You forgave us all of our sins. Have we canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us? He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen.